1: What is going on guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Rampage and Friday night Smackdown post show right here on Off The Script. It is July 8th, 2022. I am JD from New York as always coming to you from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings wherever you may be. SmackDown tonight, man. Same old, same old. Nothing new. Nothing new. Seems like the show continues to get worse. And I think SmackDown tonight, honestly, with the WWE building towards SummerSlam, I don't really feel like anything feels SummerSlam-esque. In fact, it feels like a summer scam. So uh, I'm going to need you guys to go get those t-shirts. Cheap plug on bonfire.com. Summer scam shirts now available on bonfire.com. Roman Reigns decided to show up for work tonight. That's always a great thing. Great to have the tribal chief back on SmackDown when he wants to show up for work. Brock Lesnar was not there. They don't need Lesnar to sell this feud. Lesnar's only back because they have nobody else to challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed World Heavyweight Championship at one of their biggest shows of the year that they're not even 50% sold out with. So good luck on that. Good luck on that, Bruce. Good luck on that, Vince McMahon. Roman Reigns was back. He didn't really say much of anything. Paul Heyman cut a great promo. More of the same old shit. It's the same thing that we've seen going into WrestleMania. So I don't really have anything to add on top of what I've already talked about about three months ago, nothing new, legitimately nothing new with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. The other big story on tonight's show was Drew McIntyre. He wants Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. He's already called his shot. He already uh, put himself in a uh, Mickey Mantle situation. Called his shot. He wants to hit a home run at the Clash at the Castle pay-per-view. But he's already called his shot. So WWE decided to put him in a match tonight against Sheamus and clickbait us like they usually do, bait and switch. We get this Sheamus and Drew McIntyre main event match, only to get Drew McIntyre and Butch in the main events, and nothing to do with Clash at the Castle and the stipulation with the number one contendership on the line. All of that went right out the window. So WWE is going to do the typical WWE thing where... Drew McIntyre has to go through all of the brawling brutes to get to Sheamus at SummerSlam, and then we'll get that match at SummerSlam for the number one contendership for the Universal and WWE titles, which I'm assuming Roman Reigns will end up winning that match against Lesnar, and that's the match we'll get, Reigns versus McIntyre at Clash at the Castle. So WWE kind of baited and switched us in the main event. Typical behavior from Vince McMahon and company, No surprise there. It didn't really add anything or take anything away from an already terrible show. The Maximum Male Models. Their second week in on SmackDown tonight. And I feel a lot worse about this gimmick now than I did last week. Last week, at least, I found it weirdly entertaining, even though it was the drizzling shits. And this week, I was not amused at all. With the 2022 tennis collection showcase by Max Dupree and Massey and Mansoir of the Maximum Male Models. I give this shit two more weeks and I see this shit taken off television because the chance tonight of this is boring doesn't really bode well for Max Dupree, Massey and Mansoir of the Maximum Male Models. This shit is dead in the water, and this is nothing more than career suicide, career sabotage, and I don't believe they did L.A. Knight that dirty. Not even how great L.A. Knight is. Not even him. He's able to save this fucking garbage that they straddled him with. They are going to 100% can this shit, blame him, and then he'll be future endeavored. It's exactly what's going to happen. The other big thing that happened tonight on SmackDown, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans finally decided to turn heel tonight in her match against Shotzi and Shayna Baszler, whom we didn't see tonight. So we got this tag team match where she teamed with Aaliyah and Lacey Evans was crying, (laughs) crying that the fans turned their back on her. So she did her entrance not once, Not twice, but three times, thinking that she would get a different reaction. And every time she came out, the reaction got worse and worse and worse, and the booze got louder and louder and louder. This is what happens, Bruce. Nobody listens to me. Apparently, I'm operating in my mother's basement with a box of lube next to me while I go jerk off to fucking online porn, says the geeks online. Meanwhile, I'm living a better life than you fucking even realize, motherfucker. Okay? Okay. I got a $13,000 fucking layout here for you guys, and I'm doing big things. So what I see is somebody who was forced on the fucking crowd and the audience thinking that WWE is in the right. Hey, they're going to get Lacey Evans over. Let's put this sob story out there. No, 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 no. WWE forced Lacey Evans upon us thinking that this sob story bullshit, fucking fake garbage was going to get her over. And all it did was drive people away. What'd I tell you? I told you from day one. Told you from day one. WWE is absolutely out of their mind thinking that Lacey Evans would get over. Unreal. Unreal. So we'll talk about that, and that's pretty much SmackDown. On the Rampage side of things, a night of great wrestling, man. A night of great wrestling. We got uh, Takeshta versus Eddie Kingston in a great opening match. Probably the match of the entire night for both shows. One of the best matches of the week, to be quite honest with you. We got Takeshta versus Eddie Kingston. We got Orange Cassidy versus Tony Niece. So we got some damn good wrestling on tonight's show, man. Look at AEW doing pretty decent things on a Friday night. And a good Rampage showcase with Eddie Kingston challenging Chris Jericho to a barbed wire death match during Fighter Fest Night 2. Unbelievable. We're going to go over that and everything else that happened on the show this evening, ladies and gentlemen. So stick with me. It's going to be a great night. And we are going to do what we usually do right here on Off the Scripts follow me on social media at jd from ny206 that is twitter instagram tiktok and cameo now an official partner with cameo make sure you guys get your requests in i'll do whatever you ask man as long as it's within the boundaries of cameo i will do whatever you guys want man you want me to roast somebody i'll roast them you guys want me to tell somebody who's a big, avid Bill Goldberg fan that Goldberg sucks and fuck Bill Goldberg? I'll do it. And I've already done it. You guys want birthday wishes, anniversary shout-outs. You guys want channel advertisements? I'm there, man. I am there. So make sure you guys go hit, it. hit me up on Cameo. Some really good shit happening over there. Everything you need is linked down in the description. We got some big things happening, man. Some uh, some very interesting people hit me up. We got some things in the works. So hopefully I will be uh, giving you guys some good news. So keep an eye and an ear on what's going on here. House of Glory. They just put their tickets on sale tonight at 8 p.m. for their huge Terminal 5 show. You guys can go buy tickets right now at HOGRestling.net. If you guys are not going to be able to be there in person, which we are expecting over uh, 1,100 people for this major show, our biggest show of the year, and something that I think is going to be a turning point for us as a company. If you can't be there in person, man, I urge you guys to go on Fight TV and order that motherfucker on Fight TV. Because from what I was told, from what I heard, and from what I know, the match card may be one of the most exciting match cards That we've put on ever. And it will be one of the most exciting match cards that any independent wrestling show puts on all year. Mark my words, we've already announced the House of Black. All three of them will be there. They will all be at the show, they will all be competing in the ring. Doing what? I don't know, man. Actually, I do know, but I can't tell you. I can't tell you, man. We got Malachi. He may black mask me. We got Malachi. We got Buddy Matthews and we got Brody King. It's going to be fucking awesome, man. So keep an eye and an ear out for what we're doing in House of Glory. I will be there at Terminal 5. Jason Salamonston will be there at Terminal 5. It's going to be awesome. Also, hit that thumbs up. I need a thousand likes minimum. I don't want to hear any lip. A 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS for SmackDown at Rampage. I know you guys don't even want to watch the show. I'm doing it for you, man. The least you could do is hit that thumbs up. It helps get the video and the channel out in the recommended section on YouTube. So hit that thumbs up. I need a 1,000 minimum tonight from the OTS Beer Garden. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. We are uh, on our way to 135,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uploaded a video today on my thoughts on the Vince McMahon allegations brought upon him, or against him, in the Sami Zayn line of uh, against Vince McMahon allegations, Wall Street Journal dropped that bombshell today, go check it out, also Sasha Banks being actively erased by WWE, we we'll talk about that, go check that out, that's on the homepage, And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. You guys are going to get access using our link to their free web browser. You guys want to shop online? I know you want to save some money. You can't do it any better than Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. And we'll talk about my great friends over at Honey a little bit later on in the show. As usual, man, right here. On, off, the script. Let's get into the news. I might as well start off with the news here. We had some uh, breaking news happen during the show tonight. So, the whole Vince McMahon thing, if you guys are uh, living in a cave and you don't know what is going on, Vince McMahon had allegations brought against him tonight, or today, Found by the Wall Street Journal. Who is giving the Wall Street Journal all this ammunition? I don't know. I don't know. I suspect it's Nick Khan, but I can't say for sure that it's Nick Khan. But it's definitely somebody that's in the know, and there are not many people in the know in WWE unless you are Stephanie McMahon, Paul Levesque, Kevin Dunn, and Nick Khan. And I know it's not his daughter, I know it's not his son-in-law, and I know it's not Kevin Dunn, so I'm weeding out all of the other options, and I'm claiming... Personally, for me to you, I think it's Nick Khan. I think Nick Khan is the whistleblower in this Vince McMahon allegation nonsense. Vince McMahon paid $12 million to four different women to suppress sexual misconduct allegations and infidelity, including an XWWE wwe employee, an XWWE wwe female professional wrestler on that roster. Who it is, I don't know. And if I do know, I'm not mentioning their name because that's fucked up. So Vince McMahon, I found this to be funny, man. Vince McMahon has this going rate for himself. He's like fucking king pimp over here. $3 million for over 16 years in hush money. $12 million in hush money, $3 million per woman for different women over 16 years. It's unbelievable. Vince McMahon's going rate apparently is $3 million per affair. It's crazy. Now, what do you get? What do you get? Did anybody ever think about this, man? What do you get when you, uh, when you order Vince McMahon online? A sexual, a sexual escapade. A sexual night out on the town with Vince McMahon. What do you get? Ladies and gentlemen, you can get Vince McMahon for a cool $3 million per, per night. You guys get a full tour of the WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. You guys get a full tour of the Vince McMahon office. Tyrannosaurus, Rex, head, and all. He will genetic jackhammer you to your full pleasure on the big office room table right underneath T Rex for a cool $3 million. We even get sound effects. We get, you're fired, and that's good shit, pal, while Vince McMahon reads you a bedtime story at the end of the night, while he goes over how terrible the creative writing process is for Monday night and Friday night. Vince McMahon now being booked for $3 million per night, pal. Yes, I should be a fucking spokesman for Vince McMahon's OnlyFans. I should be a fucking spokesman for Vince McMahon's OnlyFans, bro. Sounds good. Sounds good. Anyway, um, all joking aside, that was the story today. And the woman in question, who we don't know, apparently Vince McMahon paid her $7.5 million. She's a former wrestler that alleged that McMahon coerced her into giving her oral sex or giving him oral sex. I don't know how that would be possible. She did it to herself. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she's uh, ambidextrous, man. I don't know. So coerced her into giving him oral sex and then demoted her and then declined to renew her contract in 2005. Believe me, man, the sleuths on social media will find out who this person was when she was released back in 2005 and they will narrow narrow it down to uh, a couple of different people, and those people will be ousted on social media, and then that will create a completely different shitstorm. Believe me. Believe me. It will happen. I give it about a week, probably less than. So she resisted more sexual encounters. She got her contract uh, declined, and she got fired. So that was that. The Wall Street Journal says that the wrestler and her attorney approached McMahon in 2018 to negotiate a payment in return for her silence. I guess she wanted to come out and blast the company, and oust Vince McMahon, but uh, there you go. $7.5 million, man, that's enough to shut anybody up, right? Jesus fucking Christ, where are people's dignity and where are their morals? Holy shit. I guess for a cool 7.5, I'd probably do the same thing, right? Shut your fucking mouth. I'll give you 7.5. Wall Street Journal also reports that a WWE contractor presented the company with unsolicited nudes of Vince McMahon that she reportedly received from him, and McMahon agreed to pay this person $1 million. Looking at Vince McMahon's nudes is not something that I care to ever visualize. Just throwing that out there. So, this all started back in January. This was leaked a couple of, uh, or several weeks ago, I should say, the $3 million hush money pact, where the paralegal had an affair with Vince McMahon, she was paid an extra $100,000 in compensation for her job. And then she was uh, shilled off to Johnny, People Power, Laurinaitis, as a toy. You, you guys know this entire story. So the board is investigating all of this, and none of this looks good for Vince McMahon whatsoever, okay? Then there was news tonight that Netflix canceled plans For the upcoming Vince McMahon documentary, there were reports going around tonight that Netflix and the documentary on Vince McMahon that was supposed to be released, I believe this year, was pulled, and it was stated via sources that the project was already deep in post-production, and Jesse says that's $1.5 million per grapefruit. It's good math there, bro. Can you imagine paying $1.5 million per grapefruit for the genetic jackhammer to jackhammer you on his office room table underneath T-Rex? Maybe we could get John Hammond and fucking Dr. Grant to do commentary while Vince McMahon genetic jackhammers you on his office room table, man. Seriously. Maybe we get the little fucking T-Rex there, man. The little T-Rex. Well, what's the T-Rex name in Jurassic Park? Blue? Maybe we get fucking Blue running around uh, doing fucking backflips. The rings of fire, man. It'll be a whole fucking charade. Awesome. Um, Knee deep in post-production is this Vince McMahon documentary and talent interviews were done months ago. A lot of money will be lost on this project. A lot of money went into the project. Stephanie McMahon stated last December that the documentary was going to be released this year. In 2020, Nick Khan described the doc as one of the highest budgeted documentaries in Netflix history. Sources stated that McMahon and the Netflix documentary has been pulled and is off the programming sheet at Netflix. Sources said that Netflix confirmed it no longer being listed on their spreadsheet. Another source said at Netflix that that shit is out of here. Sources also indicated that the project was already deep in post-production and that several talent interviews had been done months ago and that millions were spent, millions were spent on Vince McMahon's documentary and now it will not be shown at least for the time being. You know, I find it to be rather odd. I do. I, I find it to be rather odd. You know, all of this Everything that's happening with Vince McMahon makes for a great documentary. I don't know why this can't be added on top of whatever was said in the documentary to make a real fucking gritty, down and dirty fucking truthful documentary. They want to axe the documentary, while well, all this shit is exactly what we watch documentaries for. I don't really, I don't really understand it. I do, but I don't. It's a little backwards and a little fucking ridiculous, if you ask me. Everything that he's going through now should be in a fucking documentary, man. That's what sells. Dirt sells. The juice sells, right? Titillate me with the juices of my guilty pleasures, right? Says Maximum Male Models. I get why they don't want to show it. I get why they don't want anything to do with it. It would be bad publicity for Netflix on top of whatever happened to Netflix already this year. And all the shitstorm that came down upon them. uh, I get why they don't want to show it. But at some point it will be. If Vince McMahon gets cleared. And Vince McMahon is wiped of all these charges. And everything is uh, all right for Vince McMahon moving forward after this. Then there is a potential that it could be shown. But as of right now it would be a terrible move for WWE. Because who the fuck knows what's in the documentary. Nobody knows what's in there. Nobody knows who's spoke in there. Uh, it would be just a terrible PR move. Bad publicity, they usually say, is good publicity. Uh, in this case, I, I don't think that uh, any publicity uh, added on top of whatever's going on with Vince McMahon is, is good publicity. I think he needs to stay out of the public spotlight. There were also reports that Vince McMahon, if you guys remember that, uh, that middle of June SmackDown appearance where uh, he was showcased on SmackDown, And he came out and he came out talking about then, now, forever, together. And we all wondered what he was going to say. Vince McMahon's going to speak on SmackDown. He came out and said that. We're in this together. And he threw the mic down and he walked off. Uh, And nothing was really said. He was just in front of the camera for about 30 seconds and then left the ring and went back to Gorilla. There was a report by Fightful when he went back into Gorilla Apparently, on the June 17th SmackDown, he returned to the guerrilla position and shouted, fuck him, seemingly in response to all the allegations that caused his insistence to appear on television. McMahon's behavior was heavily rumored among the writing team as well. Fightful wasn't told if elements of coercion and NDAs were well known. A former writer said that McMahon's relationship would be half-choking excuses as to why he'd be late to meetings before television shows on Monday and Friday. John Laurinaitis, everybody spoke to uh, Fightful and said that they feel like John Laurinaitis is done with the company, but they believe he has a golden parachute deal with the company that will likely take care of him. Female talent spoke to Fightful following his promotion to talent relations last year, expressing that they were frustrated. Johnny Ace's ninth life is about to be lost, says one WWE higher up. I don't know what to think about this. I really don't. Even though I made a video on this earlier and gave my thoughts on it, uh, it it really looks like there's a possibility, how likely that possibility is of Vince McMahon uh, going away forever and and being ousted forever from WWE. I mean, it's my dream come true. Uh, I I would love to see it. I would love to see Rome fall. I really would. I'd be there with my fucking sunglasses on, with a fucking old-fashioned in my hand, and a backup ready to go, already chilled, just to watch Vince McMahon and his empire crumble to the ground. I really would love to see it, and I know, I know you guys would love to see it as well. Stephanie McMahon is right now the acting interim CEO. How much power she has, I don't know. I don't know. Vince McMahon is still in control. I said this on the show today during my extra this afternoon. Vince McMahon needs to be removed from everything WWE. He needs to be removed from Chairman of the board, he needs to be, be removed from the board of directors. He needs to have all power stripped of him. He needs to be out as creative, head of creative. He needs to be gone. Everybody that is on Vince McMahon's team needs to be gone. I said this then when I covered it on June 17th. I'm going to say it now. The swamp needs to be drained. WWE is in a prime position right now to change for the better. WWE is in a prime position right now with all of this dirt, seemingly more to come. How much of it don't we know? How much more is there on top of what's already been reported? WWE is in a prime position right now to get themselves back to their glory days. They cannot do that with Vince McMahon running the show. They can't do it with Bruce Prichard wearing six or seven different hats backstage in WWE. John Laurinaitis was already the fall guy here for the first investigation. Now there are multiple investigations. People need to be removed. They need to be removed. Vince McMahon needs to go. I'm tired of hearing his name. I'm tired of seeing him run these shows into the ground. I'm tired of coming on here, watching this shit, talking about it, and nothing redeeming comes out of these shows whatsoever. The WWE roster right now and the product that they have on television is fucking abhorrent television. It is awful. And it all starts with Vince McMahon. You would think that he is taking a step back from CEO and he's concentrating fully on creative. He would think the shows would be a little bit better than that. Now that he's concentrating on nothing but creative, the shows have gotten worse. Everything's gotten worse.
2: There's no Ion team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed.
1: That June 17th SmackDown appearance and that fuck him, that quote of fuck him when he went backstage, all that did was prove to everybody that Vince McMahon is still in control. That was Vince McMahon going out there. What was underneath the fuck him was, hey, bitch, I'm still in charge. You could wish for my demise but I ain't going anywhere. He wanted you to know that even though it was publicly announced that Stephanie McMahon was the interim CEO, that there's only one McMahon running this show, and that is fucking me, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And that's a goddamn shame. He's pathetic. Vince McMahon is pathetic. I can't wait. I said this on Twitter. It fucking blew up. I can't wait to see Vince McMahon resign. I hope so. There's, a, there's a, a couple of, you know, inklings of doubt in there. You know, because he's Vince McMahon. He's got, uh, he's got nine lives. It's like a fucking cockroach. He's got more lives than Impact Wrestling. For some reason, somehow, some way, I feel like he's going to survive this and it's going to be worse. He will be unbearable if he survives this. But I said this on Twitter. I cannot wait for the day he resigns from the WWE because when that happens, there will be parades in the wrestling community like you would not believe because I think deep down you're going to get people like me who have been calling this shit out for the last seven years and you'll get all the fucking shill boot lickers. You'll get all the check marks out there who want to fucking walk that, that, that tight line and be fucking PG and they don't want to ruffle feathers because they're not going to get their interviews and all this other shit. You'll even get them on board with what I've been saying for seven fucking years. The product will be so much better instantly if Stephanie McMahon has ultimate power and Vince McMahon is gone and Paul Heyman and Triple H are running creative for both Monday and Friday night. I guarantee you. Just like I know the sun will fucking rise tomorrow morning. I know for a fucking fact that instantly, you will see change. If Paul Levesque and Paul Heyman are in charge and Vince McMahon is ousted and he needs to resign completely, how that happens, I don't know. You will see instant change. That's what we need. Drain the fucking swamp and get him the fuck out of here. That's all I want. I don't want nothing for Christmas this year, man. I don't want nothing. I can buy whatever the fuck I want for myself for Christmas. What I want wrapped. Underneath my Christmas tree in a nice big box with a big red fucking bow on it, delivered to me by Santa Claus, is Vince McMahon's resignation. That's all I want. That's all I want. Start the new year off of 2023 on the right track, on the right foot. Give me Paul Levesque and Paul Heyman as creative, head of creatives for WWE. Moving on, man, let's talk about SmackDown. Let's talk about SmackDown. We got uh, a lot to talk about here. Make sure you guys get your Super Chats in. Get them in. We'll hang out. We'll uh, drink some cold beverages, and we'll shoot the shit with some cool tunes. And you guys can ask me whatever you want. Super Chats are open, so get them on in. Hit that Join button as well. Become a VIP, man. You see those, those fire pits behind me? That's the VIP section. Make sure you guys sit the VIP with me next to the fire pits, man. It's awesome. What a sight to behold, man. Love it, love it, love it. So hit that join button and become a channel member and a VIP right here on OTS. And make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I need 1,000 likes minimum. I only see 604 likes. So hit that thumbs up. I want you guys to fucking Walter Knife Edge chop that like button. So if you guys can do that for me, I would really, really appreciate it. Roman Reigns starts the show. His entrance lasted 13 minutes. 13 minutes. This man took up the first 13 minutes of the show talking about God knows what. Actually, he didn't say anything until the fucking 13 minutes was over. And people say that I have a long intro. Holy shit. So they made their entrance and they go to commercial break. They They do this silly thing WWE did tonight. Roman Reigns and the Usos are there. They're lifting their titles and... They got the titles in the air and uh, everybody's so hyped to see the bloodline back on television. All of a sudden, we go to commercial break. But before we go to commercial break, we see Austin Theory standing in the aisleway, literally right out of Gorilla. He's standing there on the stage with the briefcase. He's holding the briefcase like he's about to rob a bank. He's standing there with the briefcase, (laughs) like he's some fucking rat bastard about to fucking commit the heist of a century. Michael calls on commentary, oh my God, it's Austin Theory, is Austin Theory about to cash in? What the fuck are you talking about? And what are you talking about? Austin Theory's going to cash in on SmackDown tonight with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, and both Usos in the ring? Who fed him that line? Who fed him that line? What a ridiculous comment to make. I would have never made that comment because that would make Austin Theory look like a blithering idiot. Why would he cash in with a fully healthy bloodline in the ring? No way, no how he would have walked out with that world title. So, 14 minutes into the show, Reigns stood and looked at the crowd and he said, Fort Worth, acknowledge
0: me. For enough, acknowledge me. <laughs>
1: Roman Reigns, acknowledge me. So we got a chance of you suck, you suck. He said, when he arrives, business picks up and life is so damn good. He said, as long as God wakes him up, he can handle anything. So he said, he woke up at the compound. He went to the private gym, he jumped on a private jet, and he arrived at SmackDown. He says he's happy to be at work on his show, SmackDown, with his family, The Bloodline. He, said he says he, he sees his wise man and his special counsel, Paul Heyman, and he's looking like this. He's looking like this. He's all scared, he's all timid, he's afraid. So he asked, what did you guys do to him? He asked the Usos what they did to Paul Heyman. Why does he look so worried? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, wise man? Reigns told Heyman not to be concerned because he's the GOAT, and he smashed them all. He asked if they have a problem. He says they've been going through a lot and aren't going back there. Reigns asked Heyman to put his hand out. Heyman puts his hand out. Reigns gives him the microphone. I love you, my tribal chief, says Paul Heyman. And I love the Usos, but we have a problem, and that problem's name is Brock Lesnar. He said, Reigns holds onto both championships when no one else can hold onto the title. He says he's heading to a 1,000-day reign, the longest of the last 35 years. You know, it's pretty easy to have a 1,000-day fucking reign when half of it, you've been home doing nothing, not appearing on the show. It's got to be easy, right? Got to be a walk in the park. For Roman Reigns to get fucking a 1,000 days when he barely appears on the show. I will say this. I said it then. I'm going to say it now. We have Roman Reigns in this second half, this year alone. This year alone in 2022, minus the Seth Rollins match at the Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns' world title run will go down as one of the most disappointing title runs in company history. Will it make him the greatest of all time? Not to me. How could he be the greatest of all time when he barely fucking shows up? WWE wants to act like Roman is the greatest of all time because he's held these titles for all these days and hold both major championships in the company, but how could he be the greatest of all time if he's not there to defend them? He's the WWE champion, which that title belongs to Monday Night Raw. He's barely even showed up on that show. Maybe once he showed up on that show, and not with the WWE title. Ridiculous. He's not even top 10, says Eman Perry. I agree. I agree. It's more than just the number. Same thing goes for Charlotte Flair. Oh, she's the greatest of all time because she's got 13 title reigns. No, she's not. She's overrated. She's overrated. She's not even the top women's wrestler on her show. So he talks about Brock Lesnar. He said, when Lesnar's back into a corner, that's when he's most dangerous. He talked. About beating The Rock and The Undertaker against the odds. He says he's scared because they're going to have to see Lesnar go savage. And they'll have to smash him in the most diabolical version of himself. The goats of all goats. He said he'll stand victorious in God mode if he approaches the match that way. So, this was a good segment. I mean, every Roman Reigns segment's a good segment. But how many times have we seen the same Roman Reigns segment over and over again? How many times have we seen the same Paul Heyman promo over and over and over again? We've seen this for weeks leading into their WrestleMania match. And WWE's touting this as the final time ever for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, until the next time it happens, until the next major injury happens, and you have nobody to call but Brock Lesnar. This match, I am not interested in this match whatsoever. I don't think SummerSlam is anywhere near a sellout, and it's not anywhere near a sellout because the fans aren't stupid. The fans know that we've seen this nine different times. You got people online complaining about, oh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar nine times. Meanwhile, we had Rock and Triple H and all these different guys in the Attitude Era fight nine, 10, 11, 12 times. Yes, that's the Attitude Era, an era that was highly entertaining. This is the garbage era where everything on TV is nothing more than fucking garbage. This is an era run by Bruce Prichard That's not something that I would go out and compare to the Attitude Era. I'm sorry. We go from this to the new and vicious Viking Raiders. Has anybody come up with a solid reason as to what makes them so new and what makes them so vicious? Is it their new shiny new shields? Is that what makes them new and vicious? Right? Is it their face paint? They got that little fucking eyeliner that they put on. They look like they're getting ready to sing for uh, Dimu Borgir, some black metal fucking band from Norway. Is that what makes them new? Seriously, are they going to be on stage with Amanda Marth playing Viking metal? I have no idea what makes them so new. What about those new fairy kilts that they wear? Maybe it's that that makes them new. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure this out. What makes them so fucking new, Bruce. You know what? You know what I want to be new, Bruce? Somebody to take your fucking position. That's the only newness that I want in WWE. You and Vince, speaking of new. Got the Viking Raiders here against Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Right? Dancing Shanky. They gave this guy the great Colleague gimmick, man. That's a solid choice in gimmick change right there for Shanky. One minute. Raiders knock Shanky off the ring apron. Double power bomb, Jinder for a win in 60 seconds. Awesome television. I'm glad I wasted my Friday night to watch one minute of the, Vi- the new and vicious Viking Raiders take care of Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Jinder Mahal. What happened to Jinder, man? Nowhere. Nowhere. What happened to Shanky? This guy's going to be dancing to the unemployment line very, very, very soon. Believe me. The Raiders continued to beat away at Mahal after the match. Shanky re-entered. The 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 Vaders the Raiders jumped him. The New Day came out and their music played, and they wanted to address the Viking Raiders who stopped their attack to listen to what the New Day had to say. Kofi said that they kicked their asses last week. The week before that, they did the same thing. They turned around and then wiggled their asses, both Xavier and Kofi. They wiggled their asses. They did to. They started to. I guess. uh, Dance around, shaking their asses, the Viking Raiders. And they said their butts are still here. Childish garbage. Xavier, he said, I'm thick AF. It's great. What's with the, uh, never mind. They approached the ring and held up two tickets. They held up two tickets and they said, ass beating. You could take that any way you want. Get your mind out of the gutter. They had these tickets that said, ass-beating, written on it. They said, tonight they will be giving these Viking Raiders, the new and vicious Viking Raiders, an ass-beating, and they're handing in their ticket to do so. They charged to the ring, and they brawled with the new and vicious Viking Raiders. The Raiders got the better of them again. Ivar slammed Kofi off the second rope, and they decimated the New Day for a third week in a row. The new and vicious Viking Raiders. Stand tall, new, and vicious a third week in a row. Who writes this shit? Bruce. Seriously, Bruce. Are you still in that 4th of July lull? What happened, bro? What happened? 4th of July was this past weekend. It's time to get back to work, Bruce. Who wrote this shit? This shit was nauseating. And I'm still trying to figure out what's so new and what's so vicious about the Viking Raiders. I don't see them any more vicious than I previously remember them. At. I don't know. Somebody figure it out for me, man. I am too lazy to go and do my sleuth investigations on the new and vicious Viking Raiders.
3: Michael Cole talked about Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee signed a multi-year extension with the WWE. One of the... ...paying my book. He says he isn't there because Happy
1: Corbin attacked him as soon as the money in the... Money in the Bank broadcast ended last weekend. They showed the attack. And look at this. WWE following Kayfabe protocol here, man. Oh my goodness. Pat McAfee was not on the show because he was selling an
3: attack by Baron Corbin. Effect for that. I think I do. Yeah. Wow. Bruce!
1: Bruce! Holy shit, man! You did your job! Wow! I'm shocked. He's
3: selling the attack from money in the bag. So, he plugged the, the Pat McAfee It sits next to Michael Cole and says he's going to do
1: color commentary better than Pat McAfee ever did. Cole said McAfee's actually playing golf and will be back next week. Corbin said he sucks and he's in 67th place. You know, I posted something on Twitter yesterday and some people were like, oh, well, uh, it's, uh,
2: it's, it's all a joke, man. Why do you take everything so seriously? Serious, man. It's not that deal okay why don't you go touch grass you fucking virgin
1: got people telling me that pat mcafee is long-term booking pat mcafee is long-term booking with baron corbin sound keeps cutting out sound keeps cutting out did it just cut out with the uh with the sound effects? I don't know. Let me know if it's still doing it. Maybe I won't, I won't do the sound effects anymore. Um, people were telling me that the Baron Corbin and Pat McAfee match is long-term booking. It's not long-term booking. This can't be long-term booking. This cannot be long-term booking, man. So
3: we have Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin going into SummerSlam. They didn't mention one fucking thing about anything regarding these guys' pasts. So from what I see,
1: this is nothing more than a happenstance, and this is nothing more than WWE trying to, uh, I think because I made it too loud. Maybe that's why I was clipping. Um, WWE never made any mention of them being in the in the NFL at the same time. WWE never made any mention of anything regarding these guys all i see with pat mcafee and barrett corbin is it's nothing more than two guys being put on a show because they don't have any other people on their roster to fill out nissan stadium you cut i cut i sound like a wizard you're cutting out again
3: i don't know what's going on man i don't know
1: um we're gonna have to deal with it man until i uh until I figure something out, I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. So uh, we got cutting off and on. We're back now. I don't know why it's cutting in and out, guys. I really don't. I don't know why it's cutting in and out. Um, everything is. Everything seems okay on my end. I did the. It's the mic, not the sound effects. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are talking about, man. I really don't. I'll have to listen to it back. I'm sorry if there's any mic cutting out, but uh we'll uh we'll just continue the show. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna continue the show, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so that's my take on Pat McAfee. It's not long-term booking. And uh I think anybody that says so is uh not funny at all. It's not funny whatsoever. So we went from that to. Baron Corbett on commentary in a match with Ludwig Kaiser and Shinsuke Nakamura. So, Nakamura got control. Anybody that's saying that I got a problem, and I don't know what the problem is, okay? Um, Ludwig Kaiser and Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura got control early in this match. This went six minutes and then took a moment to eye uh, Gunther. So, it looks like they're setting Shinsuke Nakamura up against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. So we're back in the ring. Kaiser knocked uh, Nakamura down because he was distracted, knocked him into the ropes, then knocked him to the floor. Gunther was standing above him, kind of asserting dominance here. And Nakamura controlled the match after the break. Corbin reminisced about his football days. Uh, Nakamura ducked a comeback attempt by Kaiser and then the Kinshasa for the win. So that's one, two, three there for Nakamura. And he wins over Ludwig Kaiser on this episode of SmackDown. Afterwards, Gunther entered the ring and he started yelling at Ludwig, yelling at Ludwig. He told him to stand. Kaiser looked nervous about standing up. He looked defeated. He stood up. Gunther chopped him in the chest. Not once, not twice, but three times, man. Absolutely vicious chops for Gunther on Ludwig Kaiser, and everybody was wondering, is this a breakup? Is this a breakup? Is this Gunther turning on Ludwig? Is Ludwig now being split from Gunther? I don't think that's the case at all for Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther, and I'll tell you why. I honestly think what WWE is trying to do here, and they'd be fools to break up Ludwig, because if Ludwig is split from Gunther, then Ludwig is not going to succeed on his own. He's not. There's a reason why they brought them up together. Ludwig is a great compliment to Gunther. I wish Fabian Eichner was there, but that's a different story. I think he would have been great in the group here, just like he was in Imperium. We have Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. The reason why I think they did this is because they want to assert Gunther as being a dominant heel, and they want him to really put a focus on winning and losing. They're not going to give you a standing or they're not going to give you a ranking system like AEW does. But in Gunther's mind, nothing that he does and nothing that he's associated with should be in any position ever to lose. And if you lose, you're going to get punished. And that's exactly what they did here. In fact, I love it. I, I didn't even think it was a breakup of Ludwig and Gunther to begin with i just, I simply thought this was Gunther becoming even more of a heel because when you see someone like that defenseless you're gonna maybe look at Gunther a different way compared to what you looked at when he was you know just making his debut he looked like this this big guy intimidating guy He didn't really say much of anything now his personality is starting to come out a little bit more, a little bit more now his His dominant features are starting to come out more. Now you're getting to see the real fucking person that Gunther is. He doesn't like to lose. So that's what they're trying to establish. And when you can get Gunther in that position to bring that type of sympathy on somebody he's associated with and you're going to feel bad for Ludwig, it's going to make Gunther look that much better. It's going to make him look like such a fucking badass. So that's why I really like this segment. I thought this was good and he should be that way he should feel that way nobody likes to lose he's the intercontinental champion why would he want anybody that he's associated with to lose he should be number one and everything that they do uh, everything that they do should be win 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 at all costs I don't stand for losing and neither should Gunther let me know how the mic is feeling guys I think I lost viewers I don't know why I don't know. Uh, let me know how the mic is. Is it still cutting in and out? So let me, let me uh,
3: know uh, because I, now my, my whole mindset is thrown. The, with the mic and what's going on with my soundboard. But uh,
1: we're not going to do any more sound effects in case it was that. Uh, we will fix it or I will fix it after the stream is over. Moving on. We got Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan is in the ring with an interview segment with Michael Cole. Michael Cole said, Ronda Rousey wants a rematch, perhaps as soon as SummerSlam. Morgan said, to bring it. She wants that rematch with Ronda Rousey. She said, the belt over her shoulders is a culmination of years of hard work, and she's vowed to work ten times harder to stay on top. Um, she said, nobody wants the title more than her. Michael Cole said, ten years ago, she was a waitress, and she saved everything in order to become a sports entertainer. He asked what it means now to be SmackDown champion. She said she dreamed of it her entire life. And she is going to do whatever she can to keep this moment going for her. She dreamed of it her entire life. And she thought about times that she'd never get there. But here I am. She took John Cena's advice to never give up and follow your dreams. So, Natalia's music interrupted. Natalia marched out. She said she has a dream, which is that Morgan will shut up. She wants Liv Morgan to shut up. She said her Cinderella story will come to an end very soon, which it will. And she told Morgan to beat Rousey only because, or she beat Rousey because she softened her up. I love watching Rhonda scream in pain. So, while I may have lost the match, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Rousey's music then plays, and she comes out, and she looks defeated, she looks mad, and she's limping to the ring. Um, she's out there, and Rousey is in the ring with a microphone. God help our souls. And Rousey told Morgan to enjoy her time with the title. Enjoy your time with the title, live Morgan, because at SummerSlam, you'll learn that challenging for the title is going to be a little bit more difficult than keeping the title. Or, or it's going to be a little bit easier than keeping the title. So she's telling Liv Morgan how it's going to be, holding the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's a lot easier challenging for the title uh, than defending it. She told Natalia it's nice. She enjoyed injuring her knee and costing her the title. She said she's not dressed to wrestle, but ask the fans if they like to see her kick the shit out of Natalia. I think she also at this point forgot where she was. She called Fort Worth, some other city. I don't know what she said because I couldn't hear her because she's got the fucking microphone away so so, so far from her mouth. I can't even fucking hear what she's saying half the goddamn time. But people were booing her and we got this random match of Ronda Rousey and Natalia on SmackDown. And this match went about two minutes. Two minutes, we got Ronda Rousey and Natalia. Rousey wins in two minutes. Applied a standing ankle lock on the ring apron. She applied an ankle lock in the middle of the ring. Natalya stood up. Ronda Rousey shifted into an overhead slam. She rolled her over and applied another ankle lock, and Natalia tapped out in 10 seconds. So that was pretty much that, and Ronda Rousey gets a token victory over Natalia. But here we are next week. This is this is how WWE operates, man. This is how WWE operates. Next week, Natalia lost to Ronda Rousey in 2 minutes, but next week Natalia is challenging Liv Morgan for a championship contender's match. So, I don't understand how Natalia could lose to Ronda Rousey and then get an opportunity at Liv Morgan next week for a shot at the championship. Who writes this shit? None of this makes any sense to me whatsoever. All of this is complete garbage. Liv Morgan, on the other hand, uh, again, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but Liv Morgan right now is holding that championship and keeping that championship warm for either Ronda Rousey again or Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is due to come back, I hope you know. Liv Morgan, again, I don't want to rain on your parade. You you could sit there and and be excited and, and happy and all this other shit for Liv Morgan. Fine. I'm a Liv Morgan fan myself, but Charlotte will be back. And Liv Morgan right now is nothing more than a transitional champion. That's all she is. Charlotte is going to come back. I don't know if she's going to have a role or a match at SummerSlam, but what I envision is Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey because they teased it tonight. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan retains the title because Charlotte Flair comes back jealous of Ronda beating her at, at, well, not WrestleMania, at uh, the last pay-per-view that they wrestled at, right, where she... Uh, lost the championship, and she will try and get revenge on Ronda, and Charlotte will enter herself into a feud with both Ronda and Liv Morgan. We will get this match culminating at a pay-per-view in September, Clash at the Castle, and we will get a triple threat match with Ronda, Liv Morgan, and Charlotte, where either Ronda or Charlotte will win back the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's what we're getting. I hope you guys are aware that that's exactly what is happening with Charlotte Flair coming back. Liv Morgan is a transitional champion. That's her role. She was given the championship because Ronda wanted her to win. She got the moment. WWE never wanted Liv Morgan to win that championship. Liv Morgan was never in the plans. Ronda pushed for it, and WWE said, we'll do it for a little bit, and then we're going to go back and do what we want. But we'll give you what you want because you're Ronda Rousey, and we want to keep you happy. So that's exactly what happened there. It's going to be Liv, Charlotte, and Ronda. And Liv is going to be out of the title picture before you know it. Watch. Again, I don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. Megan Morant interviewed Drew McIntyre backstage. He said he's been to Europe recently. He's been all over. He said the clash at the castle will be huge, and he wants to face Lesnar, Reigns, or the new chosen one, Theory. He said he and Sheamus will wrestle in the main event he and Sheamus go way back and he will go on to clash at the castle. Max Dupree, he was in the middle of the ring and introduced the 2022 tennis collection. Massey came out and he was wearing these really short white tennis shorts. He had a polo shirt on. He had like one of them fancy sweaters tied in a knot over his neck. He had sunglasses on. He was clearly trying to imitate a tennis player out there standing on the little stage that they got set up for him in the aisleway. So we got this tennis collection. And, you know, I don't really want to talk about it, but Masek came out wearing white shorts and a blue shirt and a sweater tied around his neck. Like I said, he had a wooden tennis racket, Mansour, a.k.a. Mansoir. Came out, he was dressed kind of similar to Marseille. They posed together, and the crowd shit all over this. The crowd shit all over this, man. Chance of this is boring, this is boring. Very indifferent to the maximum male models. This was a complete flop. At least last week, it was a complete flop, but I actually weirdly and bizarre, in a very bizarre manner enjoyed what I watched because I'm a big fan of L.A. Night. I'm a big fan of Max Dupree. I'm a big fan of what he does. But this is the second week in now with the Maximum Male Models. And we're seeing people already getting sick and tired of this campy bullshit known as MMM. I don't see how this lasts. I don't. I don't see how this lasts. Everybody talked about it. Everybody said the same thing. Max Dupree is being set up. LA Knight, Eli Drake is being set up for failure. This is the extent of WWE Creative. This is the extent of their creative team. You have somebody like LA Knight, who is in absolutely phenomenal shape, who can cut a a promo better than anybody on that roster, who is capable of going in the ring, doing whatever you need him to do babyface, heel. You want to go out there and have him plugged into an IC title program? United States title program, whatever. This guy can do whatever you want him to do. And you take him and you give him this gimmick. You take him and you give him this. Why? Why? Is this the best that you got from Max Dupree LA Night. You thought he was nothing more than a manager and a spokesman for Maximum Male Models. They even gave these to a fucking website. com, where you can go and submit your fucking facial features and a a model photo of you to be, I guess, on the line of choices for the next Maximum Male Model. It's a real website. MaximumMailModels.com This is what you think of Max Dupree, LA Knight. This guy should be so much more on the main roster and you got him fucking shilling for Mansoir And Marseille, this will bomb. It's already failed. This is a maximum failure. And when it fails, and when it gets taken off TV, which I believe will be in the next two, three weeks, I'll give it a month. I'll give it a month. I'll be generous and give it a month. This will fail. They will blame Max Dupree, and all three of them will be fired And future endeavor. And they'll blame everything on Max Dupree. Meanwhile, he's doing his best. He's got the fucking cue cards out there. He's got the facial reactions. He's doing everything possible to get this shit over, and he's getting a chance of this is boring. Nothing that man does is boring. But here he is, straddled with this shit gimmick. WWE should be ashamed of themselves. Caleb Braxton interviewed Austin Theory backstage. He says he was letting Reigns know earlier that he's always watching. He said he'd love to cash in on Brock. At SummerSlam, after the way he treated him, but now he's seen how arrogant Reigns is up close. He'd be fine cashing in on Roman Reigns. Braxton says he is arrogant too. Theory said, yes, I am. I know people don't like me, and I love that people don't like me. He says he's going to become a two-time United States champion at SummerSlam when he beats Bobby Lashley, and then he'll beat whoever survives the Lesnar-Reigns match Later in the night at SummerSlam, Theory then walked off. In walks Mad Cat Moss, who said the briefcase is big, but he thinks he can shove it in his mouth, and he'd love to try. Get your mind out of the gutter, Mad Cat Moss. I look at that match, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, look at WWE, man. We're getting a match between Theory and Mad Cat Moss. Two future guys in the company, man exactly what i like to stream that's exactly what i like to see you know it's exactly what i like to see moving on lacey evans she was set for a tag team match with Aliyah against shotzi blackheart and Shayna Baszler. so lacey evans made her ring entrance Aliyah was already out there lacey evans came onto the stage she listened to the crowd and she then said, no, 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 and walks to the back. So her theme music gets shut off, and or shut off, and then she comes out for a second time. She listens to the crowd reaction for a second time. She listens and looks around, and then she says, no, 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 and walks to the back again. Her theme music goes off for a second time. Then we get Lacey Evans coming out for a third time, and she gets the same reaction All three times. Dead silence. Dead silence. The worst thing for a wrestler in any promotion is coming out to complete indifference. The most interesting thing about Lacey Evans is somebody getting up and going to the concession stands and buying themselves a pretzel and a fucking beer. That's the most interesting thing about Lacey Evans' segments on Friday night. So she walks out. She listened, and she got booed from the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas crowd. So on the third try, she made it all the way to the ring. She didn't seem to love the reaction that she got. Her theme music, by the way, I'm not sure if you guys get the same vibe I get about Lacey Evans' theme music. Lacey Evans' theme music is fucking awful. It is so garbage, and so cringe it makes my ears bleed it's this i can't I can't even describe it It's like this millennial fucking two thousand twenty two gen Z fucking poppy uppity garbage that's supposed to be hey, we should cheer the marine or whatever the fuck she was, Navy Marine, we should cheer Lacey Evans because she was abused by her alcoholic father. And came out on the other side and succeeded and served this country. No. No, I'm sorry. I don't buy anything about Lacey Evans whatsoever. Even with the six weeks of fucking boo-hoo-hoo, cry-me-a-river sob story. So, she entered the ring and she said she wanted to talk before her match. Fans were booing her. She said she completely is disgusted by the fans. She's completely disgusted by everybody in attendance. That's the reaction I get. Yeah, that's the reaction that you get. She said she's completely disgusted by the fans. That's the reaction she gets. Don't know, don't you guys know who I am? What I've been through? She said she poured her heart out on live television with hopes to help the fans. But for what? That reaction and those cheers? She said it must bother the fans to see a woman like her because of how weak they are. She said with all the struggles she's been through, they can't go through half of them and be half the woman she is. The truth hurts sometimes. Oh, you better fucking believe it, honey. You better fucking believe it. She said she expects a standing ovation from the fans. For what? He didn't do anything. Why should people give you a standing ovation? She told the fans she can't believe she fought for them. She says they can all go to hell. And she began leaving the ring. So Aaliyah says, Whoa, 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 whoa where are you going? We have a tag team match coming up and we have to wrestle Shotzi and Shayna Baszler. So Lacey Evans wants nothing to do with this tag team match. She gives Aaliyah the woman's rights or what I like to call the loser's right and knocks Aaliyah out
3: and she leaves the ring. She walks up the ramp and walks backstage and that's the segment. Finally, WWE made the right decision to turn Lacey Evans into a heel. Great.
1: Great. I see it differently. I see it completely differently. I see somebody that WWE tried to force on the fans and get us on her side by the most unnatural and unauthentic way possible. WWE had her go out there and spew her bullshit sob story about her fucking alcoholic family and all this other shit, how abusive her dad was, and all this shit, how she had to battle back and she went to go serve this country and blah, blah, blah. They don't realize... And Lacey Evans doesn't realize that the way it came off was forced. It was forced. You sat there for nearly two months telling us we need to feel sorry for Lacey Evans because her family was abused by her alcoholic father. Now, if this information came out in a genuine and natural way, maybe I'd be thinking about this situation a little differently. But WWE put her out there for two months, had her spew this bullshit. She never made an in-ring appearance after that. She got moved to Raw. Then she got moved back to SmackDown. I don't know what the fuck was going on as far as where she needed to be. Fans were very indifferent to her. She's not good at all in the middle of the ring. She brings nothing to the table. She's as boring as anybody I've ever seen in that ring. And you want me to care about her. This promo tonight was not a heel promo. This was not Lacey Evans coming out here and turning heel on the fans. This was WWE giving Lacey Evans one last chance to go out there and do something, and she couldn't even do that right. I never heard such a boring, monotone, uninspired heel promo from anybody in recent memory than what I heard tonight in Lacey Evans. It's almost as if she didn't fucking care. She can't even be believable in the fucking part. She's out there listening to fans genuinely boo her and call her out because she's boring. And all I see is Lacey Evans wanting to break down and cry because the fans are booing her. Meanwhile, she doesn't understand why she deserves the booze. This is not a heel. This is not a heel. You want me to fucking go along with the heel turn when somebody is crying in the middle of the ring? I don't think so. I don't think so whatsoever, man. That's not somebody that I want to see on my television at all. This was a fail. A complete failure on Lacey Evans' part. WWE thinks that turning this woman heel is going to get better reactions. That reaction was not people enjoying her heel work. That reaction was people telling WWE, take this woman off my television. We don't want to see her anymore. There's nothing interesting here. No, thank you. Meanwhile, WWE thinks that she did a good job. Lacey Evans thinks that she did a good job. And things are going to all of a sudden turn around because now she's getting the natural reaction that she should have been getting. No, it's not a natural here reaction. It is complete bullshit. Don't be fooled by other podcasts and other content creators that tell you otherwise. That was not a genuine heel reaction. That was pretty much a last-ditch effort because, realistically, the fans don't give a shit about Lacey Evans. The Usos. They had a match with Los Lotharios. This was apparently a number one contenders match or a championship contenders match. I don't know why we got Los Lotharios in a championship contenders match. They've been on fucking TV for about a month and a half now, two months. I don't even remember the last fucking time they were on TV. I think the last time that they were on TV is when they both wrestled Ricochet for the Intercontinental title. How long ago was that? Why are they here in this match? And why did this match need to be booked? I don't know. Three minutes. Three minutes. Humberto went for a top rope move. Jay avoided the move. Super kick. They finished him off with the 1D, 1-2-3, and that was it. Goodbye. Sucks to be Angel Garza, huh? Angel Garza is so good yet he's stuck in this fucking dead end tag team, and nothing is going to amount with Lost Lotharios, period. Sucks. WWE could have some great tag team wrestling. They have a great tag team division, but apparently they don't want to do anything to build it up outside the Usos, the Street Profits, and the New Day. Butch. We got Butch versus Drew McIntyre as the main event of SmackDown tonight. It was supposed to be Sheamus... Versus Drew McIntyre in a number one contenders match. The winner of this match would go on to wrestle at Clash of the Castle against whoever the champion is coming out of the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar match at SummerSlam. So, Sheamus comes out with all of his brawling brutes. He begins talking and then he begins coughing. He's coughing as he talked and said, <laughs> I might have COVID. I didn't know that this was something that we should really be joking about here. This is something that WWE sent Sheamus out there to do on TV. (laughs) I think I have COVID. So, cover your mouth, said Michael Cole. Cover your mouth. Sheamus says that they told him he can't compete until he's fully tested. If he was sick and with COVID, he would not be out there. So, clearly... This was all a bait and switch by WWE. So he said he had a backup plan. He said Butch was foaming at the mouth to get at Drew McIntyre. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! Butch. Butch went after Drew McIntyre. And this was basically a squash match. Butch was squashed by Drew McIntyre. Uh, Butch caught him with one kick, took control for a little bit. Drew, overhead toss, Claymore kick, one, two, three, and that was it. Pete Dunne is way too good for this. Don't know why this needed to happen here the way that it did, but WWE is setting up Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam. Uh, The number one contenders match that we should have gotten tonight is going to take place at SummerSlam when next week he goes through Ridge Holland and then he'll get Sheamus at SummerSlam. That's the way WWE is going to work this. Because what else are Sheamus and Drew McIntyre going to do at SummerSlam? They need to be on the card. They have nothing else to do but wrestle between themselves. So WWE was like, yeah, we'll falsely advertise this match, and then we'll get people to watch the show. Oh, look, there are stakes on the line. This match is of great importance. We'll put Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and advertise this as the main event, and then we'll take it away from them because fuck the fans. Fuck them. And then we'll give them Butch versus Drew McIntyre. And then next week, we'll do the same thing. And then next week, we'll give them Ridge Holland. And then next week, we'll fuck them over. Fuck the fans. And then we'll book this match at SummerSlam. And the fans have to wait three weeks to find out what we already knew. And that Drew McIntyre is going to Cardiff and going to wrestle Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Am I close, Bruce? This show sucks. This show sucks. SmackDown... I don't understand,
3: man. It's like they three minute you to death. This match was three minutes. Usos went three minutes with Lost Lothario. Two minutes. We got uh, Ludwig and Shinsuke going six minutes.
1: And we got the Viking Raiders going one minute. We got one minute. One minute. Seven minutes. We got two minutes. That's nine minutes. Nine, we got 12, 15, 15, minutes of actual in-ring action on a two-hour episode of SmackDown. If you guys find that to be okay, you are mentally
3: fucking ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I don't get it. It's unbelievable. So, That was your SmackDown show, and that's
1: all I got for you. I don't know what else I could tell you guys about SmackDown on top of what I've already said, man. This show sucks. This show sucks. So we're going to talk about Rampage in just a second, man. I appreciate you
3: guys uh, joining me right here on the podcast. You guys are great. Uh, Situated itself I sound okay Maybe it's my internet I have no idea man Um, But hopefully the mic is kind of uh... When I did the sound effect I did uh, I raised the volume all the way up And that's not something I should do But
1: um, let me know if the mic is okay Jesse says it's been okay Um, It's fine now He said 24 minutes ago So let me know what you guys uh, are hearing there On your end Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got 826 likes in the chat. And uh, I keep cutting out. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's kind of worse. Every time you say it, it cuts out. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Michael Evans says it's YouTube, Jay. The other podcasts are having this issue. Michael Evans, how do you know that, bro? It may be a YouTube... Bro, listen, man. I I recorded a fucking podcast, 35-minute podcast earlier. I recorded an extra earlier. I didn't have one fucking problem. And I didn't touch... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Jesse says, as soon as I mentioned it, it, it got bad again. It's once every five minutes. Yeah, man, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm going to leave it. Listen, today's show is sponsored by Honey, JoinHoney.com. Things like this really get me down, man. I, I You know, I, I strive for, for perfection so much. And when things happen and I know it's not me, it bothers the shit out of me. But um, we'll just roll through. And we'll uh, we'll go through a rampage, and then we'll go through uh, the super chats. Uh, get the super chats in. Hit that uh, that join button. Get those memberships in. Hit that thumbs up. Today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. Join I know you guys like shopping online. I did some shopping online tonight, man. I uh, I bought some uh, some stuff for the office, and I used Honey to save me a lot of money, man. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. Join honey.com slash off the script. Honey's the free online shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online that range from sites that have tech and gaming products to fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping online at one of your favorite online sh- sites, and when you check out, the honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons and you start saving some money because honey's going to find coupons it finds for that site and you're gonna watch the prices drop like i said man i buy a lot of tech for the office i buy a lot of stuff to uh, up the ante of the show i buy my cats their favorite foods and toys and new cat beds and cat carriers and all that stuff i buy all that stuff with honey and i save a lot of money doing so man 17 million members over two billion dollars in savings if you already don't have honey you're missing out man So get Honey, support the podcast, save yourself some money. It installs in seconds. It's free. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and supporting me and what I do here, man. That's joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. Once again, that's joinhoney.com slash off the script. I want to thank them for once again supporting the podcast. Moving on, man. Moving on. We have uh, Rampage. Let me take my notes out here. Rampage was uh, not live tonight. Rampage started off with uh, Takeshita and Eddie Kingston in the opening match. I love Takeshita, man. I think Takeshita is fucking awesome. I really do. Um, I think he needs to be signed to AEW. I think he needs to be a full-time AEW superstar. And I honestly think he needs to be a staple on that roster. He is awesome. I am so impressed. Every time he comes out there, man, I'm more and more impressed by him and what he does. And Eddie Kingston, man, you know, a lot of people make fun of Eddie Kingston for being out of shape and overweight, and he's, he, he doesn't look like a pro wrestler, but you got to give it to Eddie Kingston, man. Probably one of the best promos in all of pro wrestling. And every time he goes out there, he has a banger of a match. So Eddie Kingston can't look all that bad, to be quite honest with you. He's having banger matches, with everybody that he's in the ring with. He's one of the most vital parts to AEW right now, and that's a great thing. So we got a little bit of a break here. Uh, Kingston and Takeshta were exchanging strikes here, and they were on the apron. This ended with Takeshita hitting a German suplex on the apron, then rolling off to try a German suplex on the floor. Kingston reversed it into an exploded suplex on the floor, and both guys made it in before... Referee Rick Knox was counting to 10. So they're both back in the ring. They both exchanged lariats. Kingston got a Liger bomb on uh, Takeshita for a near fall. Takeshita blocked a spinning backfist. Got a beautiful-looking brain buster for a near fall. Both men now exchanging forearms, palm strikes on their knees, battling up to their feet. Kingston hit a beautiful half-half suplex. Came back on his head, did Takeshita. He gets up. He knocks Kingston out with a lariat. They're both, again, exchanging strikes. Kingston caught Takeshita with a spinning backfist and then basically fell on top of him for the pin. One, two, three. Hard-hitting match that really put Takeshita over once again as a badass, tough motherfucker against Eddie Kingston, man. So this was a great opening match. I think he's great, and I want to see more of him, man. I really do. He is only 29 years old and has the makings legitimately. He reminds me so much of a beautiful mix of Omega and Kota Ibushi. And they have him, at least for the time being. I believe it was said that they have Takeshita for a year. And I really hope that Tony Khan brings him in full time. I really do.
3: And if if not, they have him for a year. I hope he gets a big time role on television. I do. The more I see him, the more I am... doing for AEW. Everybody that he's, in, that he's in the ring with, he just hits a home run. He's so
1: fucking good. And the fans are slowly but surely starting to pick up on that. They see how good he is. And he gets those reactions from this crowd because he's fucking good. 26. 26. I'm sorry, not 29. 26. He needs to be on TV a lot more. Absolutely. Athena and Chris Statlander cut a promo on Jake Cargill calling her a coward. And afraid to defend the TBS championship. You're looking for competition. Meanwhile, we're right here. We want to do what we got to do, and that is challenge you for the TBS championship. But it seems like Jade is ducking both Statlander and Athena. We got the Gates of Agony.
3: This is Toa, Leona, and Khan with and Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, Jonathan Cres- Gresham. So we got
1: this match. It went about six minutes or so. Jonathan Gresham never got into this match. Lee Moriarty was being beaten down by both Khan and Toa Leona. Moriarty knocked both Gates of Agony members to the floor. Finally, he got the opportunity to make the tag to Jonathan Gresham. And Jonathan Gresham walked away from the ring. He walked away. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So we got Lee Moriarty here being beaten down by both members of Gates of Agony. Blanchard and Gresham on the outside ended up hugging and embracing. Moriarty took an inside-out lariat from Khan, and then uh, Leona hit his finishing move, got the pin, one, two, three, and Gates of Agony get the victory over Lee Moriarty and a turncoat in Jonathan Gresham. So Jonathan Gresham joined... The Tully Blanchard Enterprises, I I wasn't sure what was going on. I didn't really think he was going to end up turning heel. I thought he was going to be the babyface champion that we needed for Ring of Honor. And he ended up turning heel. And the reason he gave was because Gresham was sitting at home until Tully Blanchard called him up. And despite having a contract and signing a contract in March with Ring of Honor, He hasn't had anything to do and they haven't given him anything to do. So, Tully Blanchard went over a game plan and Jonathan Gresham said he'd be foolish to not accept Tully Blanchard and his offer of joining the Tully Blanchard Enterprises. So now we got Brian Cage, Toa Leona, Khan, and Jonathan Gresham a part of Tully Blanchard Enterprises. He's turned heel. Lee Moriarty, he gets his world title match at Rampage next week. I thought that They were going to save this for the Ring of Honor show because that card is slowly but surely taking shape as well. I thought, obviously, we need a world championship match. Maybe they do it at the pay-per-view. Moriarty versus Gresham should be a great match, but they're doing it next week on Rampage. Maybe we get some sort of fuck finish, and then they run it back again at the pay-per-view. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Quite the shocker here, man. You may not care about it. You might care about it because you're a fan of Jonathan Gresham, but... He turned heel. He turned heel tonight. And that was quite the surprise for Tully Blanchard Enterprises. So Eddie Kingston cut a promo. He praised Takeshta and promised to get Chris Jericho's blood for what they did, the JAS to Ruby Soho. Chris Jericho used his great wizardry, right? He is such a wizard. He had Ruby Soho just standing there by herself, holding her arm up against the door while they slammed the car door on her arm. On Dynamite. So, Ruby Soho got beat up by the JAS, and Chris Jericho's blood will be Eddie Kingston's, and he's going to pay back the JAS for Ruby Soho and what they did to the Blackpool Combat Club. Kingston challenged Chris Jericho to a barbed wire death match. Here I am. Here I am. I'm thinking, he's mentioning blood and Jericho's blood. He wants to taste Jericho's blood. Here I am thinking... And Tony Khan's probably going to book a first blood match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. I didn't think that we were going to get a barbed wire match. We got a barbed wire match between Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston on the second week of Fighter Fest. That's not this coming Wednesday. It's the following Wednesday. And that should be incredible. I haven't seen a barbed wire death match since the last time AEW did one with Jon Moxley. And Kenny Omega, and we know how that one went off. This is not going to be a, I believe it may. It may still be the exploding death match. They said barbed wire death match. Uh, I'm not sure if it's exploding or not. They didn't really say it was, but I hope it's not. For AEW's sake and the technical issues that they had, I I hope that it's not. But I haven't seen a traditional barbed wire death match since the Sabu and fucking Terry Funk days in ECW. This is going to be great. And then JAS is going to be suspended above the ring because they're going to actively be promoting Shark Week, right? Everybody loves Shark Week on Discovery. The JAS are going to be in a shark cage above the ring. So who knows what type of hijinks the JAS are going to get into being suspended above a ring in a shark cage for this deathmatch, for this barbed wire deathmatch. They may be uh, throwing some weapons down to Jericho, helping him out from above. Some of them may actually escape we don't know. So this is going to be very, very interesting to see this on Dynamite, man. Tony Khan certainly knows how to make Dynamite must-see. That's the one thing that he doesn't get credit for, man. A lot of people shit on him for his creative vision. He's obviously making Dynamite a must-see television show every fucking week. I haven't, I haven't sat here, one week I haven't sat here and have told you guys that Dynamite has become uh, something like Monday Night Raw, where if you miss it, You're not really missing much. You miss something on Dynamite, man. You're missing some big shit. He makes it appointment television every week, and that is very respectable. I love that. Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez, they defeated Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie. This was a squash match. This was only done to pretty much get you the visual of Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez not getting along. This is something that obviously happened after the match. Deeb clothesline Martinez and locked her in the serenity lock and I guess you can now assume what the women's title match is the ring of honor women's title match at the ring of honor card uh, uh death before this honor it is Serena Dee versus Mercedes Martinez in a ring of honor women's championship match clearly that was thank god Jesse and I talked about it on on Wednesday Serena D and Mercedes Martinez another tag team we're, 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 we're gonna get women's tag teams uh, all over the place because we got women's tag team championships being created. Thank God this did not fall in line with that. And this was only done to kind of facilitate a women's championship match at the pay-per-view. Martinez versus Deeb should be a good match. I don't know how many people are going to care, but it should be a good match. Serena Deeb usually goes in there and gives you a banger every time she's out there. Main event, we got Tony Nese and Orange Cassidy. So we got Mark Henry doing the promo back and forth. Dan Housen objected to a pre-match promo for Mark Henry, speaking on behalf of Orange Cassidy. Tony and he started to talk and whatever. Fighter Fest, they went over Fighter Fest. Claudio versus Jake Hager. Anna Jay versus Serena Deeb to sell Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez, I'm, I'm sure. Tag team titles, Young Bucks versus Swerve. And Keith Lee versus Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. And Christian Cage will have an interview with Luchasaurus in action. That's exactly what I want to see, man. More Christian Cage. More Christian Cage on my television. Easily the best part of Wednesday night. Rampage next Friday. Lee Moriarty versus Jonathan Gresham for the ROH World Title. Private Party versus the Lucha Brothers. This is the first time we've seen Private Party in months. And we'll have a gun club interview. Orange Cassidy defeated Tony Nese in the main event. Went 15 minutes. This was a great main event. Orange Cassidy is awesome, man. You're getting a sense. Tony Nese is great, too. I don't want to take anything away from Tony Nese, but Tony Nese is there to uh, pretty much enhance everybody he's in the ring with and give everybody a great match. That's his role. Uh, He is great in his own right, and he is a tremendous athlete. But you, you just get a sense, you get a feeling that Orange Cassidy is really starting to climb up the ladder. It is going to be incredible, man. When he gets that momentum underneath him and he gets a world championship match or a championship match in general, whether it's for the All-Atlantic title or the TNT title, he is going to be so over, more over than we've ever seen him when he wins that championship, when he wins his first championship in AEW. It's going to be tremendous. And they got the new theme music to back him, to give him that backing soundtrack. I love Jane by Jefferson Starship. I think it's a great fucking song. I think Orange Cassidy's got a a, a theme song that when he wins his first title, it is going to be tremendous when he wins that first world title or first championship in AEW. So, Nice had Cassidy locked into Body Scissors. He was controlling the match. Cassidy went for a spinning DDT, but Nice reversed it into a northern light suplex attempt for a near fall. Nice punched Cassidy down to the mat, then placed him on the top turnbuckle. Cassidy blocked a superplex attempt, not once but twice. Knocked Nice to the floor. Danhausen and Nice got into it on the floor. This distraction gave Cassidy the advantage in the match. Cassidy, at Stun Dog Millionaire. Michinoku driver, goes for cover, only gets a two count. Nice came back and went for a pump handle slam, but Cassidy countered it. Into a spinning DDT. Hit a second spinning DDT. And then came off the top with a diving DDT. DDT'd him to death. Did Orange Cassidy for a near fall. Sterling got on the ring apron. He wanted to distract Cassidy. He responded with his high impact kicks. Sterling sold these like fucking crazy. Which distracted Cassidy. Nice caught Cassidy with a pump handle. Into a sit out tombstone for a near fall. Excellent spot. Nice lowered the knee pad. Missed the charging knee in the corner. Referee was Aubrey Edwards, went to go check on Nice. Sterling came back in the ring to hit Nice with a clipboard for the petition, but Danhausen low blowed him. Danhausen cursed Nice. Orange Cassidy flew in with the orange punch and got the victory. Danhausen, whether you like him or not, is over. The Danhausen Orange Cassidy pairing is funny, it's entertaining. And Orange Cassidy, man, it is a treat to see Orange Cassidy just continue to win and put on great matches and shut a lot of people up and get that momentum and get that company behind him, get AEW and Tony Khan behind him to a point where it's going to be sooner rather than later when this guy is wrestling PAC for the All-Atlantic Championship and beating PAC for that All-Atlantic Championship. Nobody's touching Wardlow right now. And Orange Cassidy's not going to be challenging for a world championship, but he's not going to be a world championship for the foreseeable future. I could absolutely see Tony Khan running Pack and Orange Cassidy back for the All-Atlantic title. And I could see Orange Cassidy being the spokesman for AEW, taking that title to other promotions and using that title to build prestige and build AEW up in front of audiences that might not be aware of what AEW is and who wrestles for AEW. I could see Orange Cassidy really fitting that, that mold. And I do think that's what's going to happen. That's just my take on it. So we'll see what happens there. I thought Rampage was a very good show tonight. And I thought it was, again, clearly the better of the two shows for Friday night. Thank you guys very much for all of your support, man. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me on your Friday night. Again, sorry for the, uh, the microphone problems. I, I, I don't know what it is. I recorded an extra and everything went flawless like usual. I'll check it out after the show is over. So if you guys had uh, the sound go in and out again, I apologize. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We need 97 more likes for 1,000. Can we get 1,000 tonight on the podcast? Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that join button as well. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. And go check out my sponsor for today's show, man. Honey, joinhoney.com slash Off The the script. Let's start at the top, man. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. With this investigation going on with Vince, I wonder how Vince's boy Ryan Satin feels about all this. Ryan Satin's probably crying in a fucking corner, man. Crying in a corner. How? Daddy Vince. How could he? WWE can do no wrong. Why? Why? John Anton with a 499 Super Chat. It bugs me to this day that Vince McMahon got away with saying the N-word on live TV, but when Hulk Hogan did it, he was erased from history for three years. Bro, you're the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, man. He ain't going nowhere. Vince McMahon can do whatever he wants, man. Everybody else around him can do wrong all the time, and you will be punished for any wrongdoings Vince not so much he thinks he's invincible Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat I respect the professional wrestler Chris Benoit not the human being Christopher Michael Benoit two totally different people bro I'm not talking about Chris Benoit Chris Benoit was a fantastic professional wrestler Chris Benoit can hang in the ring with anybody of today's generation the man Chris Benoit is a fucking asshole And he's a monster. And in no way, shape, or form should he be celebrated. You want to talk about Chris Benoit? You can talk about how great of a professional wrestler he is. I'm never going to take that away from you. Or him. But he's a fucking asshole. And he should obviously pay for his crimes. And there's no way he's ever going to be talked about, celebrated, or inducted into a Hall of Fame. Ever. And he should not be. Ever. Paul Heyman said it best. Those two, Nancy and his son, had no choice in the matter. Chris Benoit had a choice. His choice was to kill, and he should be punished. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Is Drew really going to beat Roman at Cardiff? I think so. I don't see why you're booking that match and not having Drew go over in his home country. Tony Brown with a four ninety nine super chat missed the meat. JD, don't worry, man. You didn't get anything tonight. There was really no meat on Friday night tonight, man. You didn't really miss anything. Gary Gordon with a five dollar super chat. Miss TV is so old and outdated. WWE needs something new. LA Knight would kill it and help the gimmick get over. I wish. I'd love to see LA Knight on TV, man, in a wrestling capacity. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. I ain't craving MILFs, but maybe. Bro, who are we talking about here? Who's a MILF, bro? Who are you talking about that's a MILF, Tony Brown? Everybody loves a good MILF. Gary Gordon. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat, man. And Tony Brown, thank you so much, man. The Undertaker. With a 10 month super chat 10 and 0 I think Yes you are bro I see 10 months The membership thing For these chats Says 7 months But that's BS Never, Nevertheless The New Testament her, her, Hear the New Testament song OTS for life uh, The Undertaker I'm not sure Which song Are you talking about bro Um, I know they released A new video It's not really a new song That album came out Last year brother I believe they released a video today for uh, Curse of the Osiris, or Curse of Osiris, off their last album, which I did not really enjoy. Oh, Lacey, he's talking about Lacey. Tony Brown, you're talking about Milf Lacey, right? Uh, okay. I can't take that away from you, man. Lacey Evans is an attractive woman. but well, she sucks. Undertaker, thank you for 10-0, brother. I hope that you can continue the streak and beat your own record, man. Gary Gordon, we're $5 Super Chat. Please, no Tyson Fury, even as guest ref. Um, Tyson Fury, I, I don't know what's going on with Tyson Fury. I hope we never see Tyson Fury. I hope we don't see Tyson Fury again on WWE television. The Usos, though, they will get a special guest referee for the Street Profits match, where WWE is giving that match a special guest referee. I could see Sami Zayn fitting into that role, and Sami Zayn being the special guest referee, and then fucking things up. I could definitely see it. JP5150 with a $10 jet. JD, I can always appreciate an ocean view from the OTS Beer Garden Cold Lindemann's Creek in hand and appreciate letting the waves of negativity just wash away. Beautiful view of life. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Everybody loves a good Lindemann's Creek, man. I do myself. Michael Thayer with the $2 Super Chat. Do you listen to anything WrestleHub? Hub? No. I think the worst content in the IWC is faceless geeks posting nothing but fucking stolen photos off of Google Images with legit shit-looking text thinking that they're creating content, reading off dirt sheets. That's the worst fucking content in the entire community, man. Who is it? What do they look like? Do they have any charisma? Most of those channels are complete and utter garbage, man. I don't listen to anything that makes content like that. Gary Gordon with a $5 Super Chat. Feel for Aaliyah. Nothing but a punching bag on WWE program. Yeah, Aaliyah is... uh, I feel like Aaliyah is going to get future endeavor, bro. Michael Thayer with a $5 Super... Another one. Do you watch Wrestle Hub? And did you hear what AEW said about Sasha? I did not hear what AEW said about Sasha. Why would AEW mention Sasha? Bro, guys like WrestleLamia and Wrestle, I don't watch that content, guys. I think that content is low effort content. When you watch YouTube, you watch for the individual. You watch for somebody, entity, a person, a personality. If I can't put a fucking face to a name, what the fuck am I watching? That shit sucks. Content like that sucks. They probably think what I do here sucks, but I'm better than all. And people watch that shit. People eat that shit up. Clickbaiting the shit out of people. Thumbnails with Sasha Banks in a hospital bed. This is the end for Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, Final Days. the fuck are you talking about? Thank you, Michael Thayer, for another $5 super chat. Neb, with a $1.99 super chat. Vince used code JD when buying his blue shoes. I hope so. I hope so. Joseph Taylor, with a $3 super chat. Lacey Evans, Ronda Rousey, and Natalia are boring. Yes, they are. Hologram with a $5 super chat. Vince McMahon looks like a walking scrotum. JD, let me say that you are genetically jackhammering the IWC with the new digs and intro. OTS is lit. Thank you, Hologram. Yes, I am getting your super chats, bro. I saw your message that you deleted. I am getting your super chats. I think I'm just a little slow getting to them. Listen, man, the only people that I watch in the community, I watch BC on occasion because BC's my boy and Solomon's. That's it. Don Tony, I tune into at night when I'm laying in bed. I don't watch anybody else, man. Nobody else is worth my time. Wrestle geeks. The beautiful and lovely Denise Salcito. I don't I don't watch any. I don't watch Fightful. I don't watch that content. I don't I don't watch Trying to change my ways, guys. I'm trying to be a I'm trying to be a good personality. Oh, Issa. I can't forget Issa. Of course I watch Issa. Um. No, I do not watch Jess. Why do I need to watch Jesse when I do a show with Jesse on Wednesday nights? Hulu Grimm, thank you so much, brother. Don Fanucci with that $2 Super Chat. Yo, JD, you the man, OTS for life. Ronald Sims becomes a new member. Ronald, what the fuck are you drinking, man? Enjoy sitting by the fire pits, man. There's a nice cool breeze off the ocean. Hopefully the uh hopefully the sound has kind of rectified itself, man. This shit was bothering me all stream. Really, you guys don't know how I am such a perfectionist, man. I'm hoping this sound is uh normalizing tonight. I don't know what the fuck happened. It had to be a YouTube thing. Michael Evans says other podcasters were dealing with the same thing. Michael Evans, how how did you find that out, bro? How do you know that? James Clancy. J.D., you go into any good concerts? No, man. The next concert I go to is Alter Bridge when they have their new album, Pawns and Kings, coming out in October. All good. I know it's all good. Normally, it is good. I don't know what happened. Scorpio, 1117. Fuck Vince McMahon. Also, do you see Jake Cargill holding both the TBS and AEW Women's Championship? You are the GOAT. No. No, she's going to drop one and then go for the other. NBA young boy fan with a 499 super chat. The same people that were attacking Tony Khan for hugging wrestlers are defending Vince being a piece of shit. Hooligrim, that uh, that makes me feel a lot better, brother. It was YouTube, Hooligrim says. 100%. I saw a few people here say other pods were having the same issue. Good. I'm glad. It was definitely a YouTube thing. I was thinking maybe it was my Broadcaster Pro 2. I was thinking maybe it was my fucking camera. I got my camera settings up to 60 frames per second. I was thinking maybe that it's the fucking camera. I don't know why I'm using 60 frames per second. Nothing really fucking matters as far as that. I could could use fucking 30 frames per second. It's the same shit. I'm going to lower that for the next stream. So if you guys are content creators, man, and you're thinking about doing 60 frames per second for camera, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. NBA young boy fan. Thank you so much, brother. Uh Michael Thayer with the $10 Super Chat. Did you hear what AEW said about Sasha that they released the women that they do use they will sign Sasha Banks? I I did not hear that, Michael Thayer. Where uh Where did you hear this? Yes, Matt Men podcast I usually tune into on, uh, on what are they, on Thursdays? Normally if, I, if I'm if i up at 10 o'clock, which I usually sleep past 10 o'clock because I'm a fucking lazy piece of shit. Um, I'll watch Matt Men. Andrew Zarian is very good at what he does. Uh, Brian Alvarez, I tend to watch a lot of Brian Alvarez when he's available on YouTube. I think he's great. I do watch. I watch, I watch the smart people. I watch the no bullshit, no frills people. That's who I watch. If I'm going to sit there and listen to somebody fucking try and butter me up about how, oh, WWE's trying to do that. No, they're not. I want you to level with me, and I want you to tell me what it is and what it's not. Michael Thayer, thank you so much, man. I don't know what the fuck AEW said about Sasha Banks, but uh, I do think that she's going to end up over there. NBA Youngboy fan, 199. Sasha's profile pick has been removed from Peacock. Petty, petty, petty. Hooligan with a $5 super chat. Michael Cole said only four other men have held the title longer than Reigns, yet Roman referred to himself as the GOAT many times tonight. Make it make sense.
3: Yeah, I don't know, bro. I don't know. He's not the GOAT.
1: Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Until Roman beats Kenny, maybe he will be the GOAT. That's a whole different discussion for a different day, bro. John Bellow. Don Tony is one of my boys, man. Do not speak ill will of Don Tony in my chat. Otherwise, I'm going to have to get ready. Don Tony is a friend of the podcast, and Don Tony actually... During the whole Alexa Bliss situation, backed me up. Him and Kevin Castle and Wrestling Soup, they all had my back, man. They are they are part of my inner podcast circle, along with Sal Monster. Do not mention any of those podcasts or names. Ill will in this chat. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to get ready. Kalana Productions is okay too. Him and I can kind of... You know, I, I said some some negative things about him, shill and. He's uh, too too happy and uppity, but he reached out to me, man, and I was happy to help him on a John Cena video that he put out. And the video that he put out on John Cena was tremendous. I urge you guys to go watch it on his channel. Really good, dude. I posted something along the lines that I wasn't really feeling in the right mindset. I was a little depressed, and he didn't have to. He reached out and checked in on me, so uh, I, I appreciate that type of that type of energy, man. So. Ronald Sims with a $5 super chat. Great show as always. Thank you for being the best in the IWC. Thank you, Ronald Sims. Enjoy that membership, brother. Abel Salas Jr. with a $5 super chat. J.D., I was re-watching your Until Dawn gaming stream this week. Can't believe it's been six years. Will you be playing the spiritual sequel, The Quarry? Uh, Abel, yes. I would like to get back into streaming on my second channel. I put it off. Because I haven't been in the right mindset. Normally, I want to I chill and I want to relax. I want to turn the AC on. I want to sit here by myself and I want to play some Destiny. Which I've been off of Destiny for about a week and a half because that even got a little boring to me, man. But I would like to play, yes. And I want to play it, but I'm not going to spend $70 on it. I can't justify spending $70 on it. Uh, me, Wilson, with the $4.99 Super Chat. AEW, and speaking of gaming, speaking of gaming, I just got my email confirmation from Steam. I now have my Steam Deck available for purchase, but I don't know if I should go and actually purchase it. Does anybody here have the Steam Deck, and is it worth it for me to spend the money on it now after waiting all this time? Is what I want to know. Me, Wilson, with a 4.99 super chat. AW Rampage was good. The Maximum Male Models thing sucks. My grandfather was embarrassed watching it. JD, you are awesome. Thank you, Me, Wilson. I appreciate that. I mean, yes, it is embarrassing. And your grandfather's one smart man. We need 35 likes, guys. 35 likes per 1,000. Can we get 35 likes for 1,000 in the live stream?
3: Let's see, what's this here?
1: There we go. Um David Williams with a five dollar super chat. I want I went to the AW show in Rochester on Wednesday. The crowd was crazy in Brodyville. Love your streams, keep up the awesome work. Thank you, brother. Brian Blair with a $5 Super Chat. WWE gives good talent, lame gimmicks, then blames them because they couldn't get it over. Does anybody remember the Red Rooster? Terry Taylor was a great wrestler, man. The gimmicks suck, but he was a great wrestler. Sean Ray with a $10 Super Chat. I feel like with Liv's title reign, they might give her a little run. Might do a Daniel Bryan-type babyface run after losing the title. Thoughts. Also, love your show, JD. Great for the IWC. Thank you, brother. Uh no, I think Liv is losing that top. Before the summer is over, bro, Liv will be uh without that women's championship. I think it goes back to Rhonda and Charlotte, and we get Ronda and Charlotte all over again because WWE doesn't know any better. If we got Lesnar and Reigns again, we're definitely getting Ronda and Charlotte again. Christy Wilson with 199 Super Chat. Liv deserves to be champion. Well past SummerSlam. I agree, but it will not happen. I will be floored if it actually does happen. Michael Hartham with a $5 Super Chat. I was in Rochester for the Dynamite and Rampage taping. Crowd was lively all night. Excited for AEW coming to Buffalo. Can't imagine sitting through WWE suckdown. Telling you, man, anybody that wants to go to an AEW show, they are the best shows to go to. Highly entertaining, man. Always full of energy. Gavin Deeth with an Australia Might five in Super Chat. Who does WW Who does the Superman punch better? OC or Roman Reigns? What a beautiful sell by Nice. Um, to be honest with you, bro, I think Orange Cassidy does a more intense Superman punch. Roman Reigns looks like the bigger is, is the bigger guy, but I feel like Orange Cassidy has a better execution of it. It looks like Roman Reigns has a better Superman punch because he's the bigger, stronger guy, but I feel like Orange Cassidy has a better Superman punch in execution. I don't want to outwardly say he's got a better Superman punch because he's much smaller than Roman, but he's got a better Superman punch in execution. Hologram Grim with a $5 super chat. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'd like to see an OTS shirt that says, fuck him. Bro, if, if I knew I could sell those shirts and people would wear them, I'd do it. Filthy Slimes with a $4.99 Super Chat. Imagine the heat if Theory successfully cashed in on Drew in his hometown if he beats Roman. I could see it. I could absolutely see it happening. Sean, with a $5 Super Chat. The way WWE's pushing Theory, I think he could leave SummerSlam as the youngest undisputed champ. He turns 30 25. He turns 25 on 8-2. Brock won the title at 25. Orton won the title at 24. Sad but true, man. I I I do think Austin Theory is going to be a world champion this year. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given him the briefcase. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Do you watch Brian Zane and wrestling with regret? I do at times. I think Brian Zane is awesome at what he does. Christy Wilson with a 4.99 Super Chat. I hope Liv retains against Ronda at SummerSlam. She will. I think because of Charlotte, she will. Lena Scorpio 20 with the two dollar super chat. Petty WWE took Sasha Naomi's profile off Peacock TV. I know. It's happening. They're getting everything ready. And they're removing everything they need to, and then they're going to let you know that Naomi and Sasha Banks have been released from WWE. Furious Nation with a $10 Super Chat. What's up, JD? In your opinion, if Usos versus Shriek Prophet at SummerSlam ends with Sammy costing Usos, could you see Usos versus Sammy and KO a clash at the castle? Sorry about the sound issues tonight, too. Furious. Uh, sound issues? A lot of people were telling me that it was YouTube's end and not my end. So I'm glad that that is the case. If Sammy is the special guest referee, I don't see Sammy costing the Usos. I see Sammy potentially costing the Usos, them retaining, and then blaming Sammy, the Usos. We'll blame Sammy for potentially costing them the championships, and then that's what happens. And then we get KO and Sammy taking the titles from the Usos at Clash of the Castle. Sage Black Wolf with the one ninety nine super chat. WWE is boring now. They've been boring for well over a decade, Sage Black. Well over a decade. Probably going on two decades. Dennis H with a Canadian $50 super chat. Dennis H, thank you so much, brother. J.D., did you leave your Red Solo cup off camera on purpose to spite me? No, bro. I don't drink out of Red Solo cups on a normal basis, bro. I was in New Jersey, and I didn't have any liquid death with me, bro. I'll be back with my liquid death on Monday. I'm getting two cases delivered on Saturday. And Justin Striplin with a 9.99 super chat. Since Netflix canceled those Vince McMahon documentaries, maybe they should also cancel the planned Vince McMahon biopic movie, too. It was rumored that Bradley Cooper would play Vince McMahon. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll see that get canned as well. I do want to see... Speaking of movies, man, I do want to see The Black Phone. Hopefully it's still in movie theaters, man. I I may have gotten to... uh, the party a little bit late. I would love to see the black phone. I heard it was so good. And I love, uh, I love psychotic thrillers like that, man. Like uh, this really crazy, intuitive, fucking psychological, fucking serial killer-esque movie. But Justin and Dennis H., I appreciate you guys very much for uh, the Super Chats, man. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. Furious Nation with a $20 Super Chat. Also, I'm very glad that Pat McAfee signed an extension with WWE. He literally has made Michael Cole so much better, in my opinion. Their pairing honestly reminds me of Cole and Taz back in 2002. Thoughts? Uh, Furious, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I was never the biggest Michael Cole guy. But I do think that his his level of commentary and his energy has been raised because of Pat McAfee. And I do think that Pat McAfee has made Michael Cole a little bit more of an organic commentator, which I always appreciate. I really do. I think it's great. Justin Striplin with a 499 Super Chat. Speaking of biopic movies, Chris Van Vliet asked Chris Hemsworth about the Hulk Hogan biopic movie, but wasn't sure when it will start production. See, those movies I would be very interested in. Very interested. And I hope I hope the, the Vince McMahon one on the Hulk Hogan one do come out. And Dickens Dumont. JD, thank you for always doing what you do. Feeling nice right now. Give a huge shout out to the OTS family for me. Dickens Dumont. Cheers to you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Enjoy your evening. It sounds like you're having a good time. May have a couple of cold beverages under your belt already. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm about to get out of here. I appreciate you all very, very, very much. Man, look at that beer garden, bro. Look at that beer garden, man. I love it. I love it. I think it's fucking awesome. Anyway, guys, again, thank you very much for all the support, all the super chats. Thank you for the new memberships. Thank you for the recommitments. Thank you for making us number one again tonight. Again, I apologize for the uh, sound going in and out. Uh, I don't know what the problem was. Hopefully, like Hulu Grimm said, it was nothing more than a YouTube issue. I hate when things don't go right live, but I appreciate you guys sticking with me. Follow me on Twitter at J.D. from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out today's extra. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the homepage. Go check out Honey, my sponsor for today's show. honeycom slash off the Scripts. And make sure you guys... Give me those guitar emojis in the chat and give me the sound of that music. I need it on max. Guys, I'll see you back on Sunday. We'll be live Sunday night with a brand new episode of the flagship podcast. Off the script. I'll see you guys Sunday night from the beer garden. Until then, guys, I'll see you later.